Welcome back to Podcast 61 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev, follow us at the Ozbreakers, and follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com. For a free bet up to $500, please visit BetRivers and use the promo code ODDS22, terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to help us out with our cost, sponsor the website, the podcast, we'd love to help you out please visit the icebreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays and membership before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else please visit the icebreakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber what a crazy weekend of football my friends college a few upsets didn't do well, 6-10 myself in college football last week, even with all that line value that I, of course, tweeted about. <laughs> and NFL was great, 9-4. UFC went 3-3. Three and three. So Saturday was very strange for me because I felt great going into Saturday. I had a few options, had great numbers, Thought I was on the right sides of a lot of teams and ended up faltering because of a lot of coin flips that I lost. But in the NFL, I actually felt kind of terrible going into it. I didn't like what I was, but I was on teams like I was on the Cowboys plus eight. I was on the Cardinals plus four and a half on a bad number because that went all the way up to six. And uh, the end of those games really worked out for me. Actually, the beginning of the Cowboys game worked out was on the Dolphins with the three and a half on the Packers against my Bears. You can read that freaking ending just like a book. <laughs> when you watch enough uh, games in Lambo, you uh, kind of figure out how to handicap it. But lots of uh, the same stuff that we deal with, lots of officiating variants, lots of amazing endings, you know? So it was it was pretty exciting, that's for sure. So I, I just find it kind of funny how you can just feel great as a sports better coming in and absolutely get destroyed. And then you can feel terrible about your plays and just do amazing. You know, it, it's so funny how that works. And I have conversations about this all the time. <laughs> Whenever you feel bad, sometimes it's great. When you feel good, sometimes it's not. To recap college a little bit, you know, when I hit BYU plus five and a half, that thing shot down a three and a half. And I felt pretty good about it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But that thing never got to three. And it kind of screwed me. And then the more I looked at the game, I realized it really was a bad spot for BYU. But I was in a negative EV buyback situation. So I had to sit with it. I mean, that's the, that's the problem. I was hoping that would go to a three, but it never did. And there was absolutely no middle opportunity, so I just had to run with it and ended up losing. When I knew that it wasn't going to hit a three, I knew I was on the wrong side of it most likely. I was just hoping that maybe a 40-45% chance that they were going to cover, but it didn't happen and they ended up getting blown out. 
BYU looked like a team that, like I thought later in the week, went to overtime against Baylor. I was just more fading Bo Nix in this situation, and he turned out to be just fine with all that talent around him. So a couple of those bets I deserved. The Toledo bet, I definitely deserved that. But on the other side of things, there was a ton of coin flips that I did not deserve, I thought. Texas A&M with four turnovers outgaining the heck out of NC State. Miami missing a field goal outgaining the heck out of Texas A&M. You name it, there's a lot of them. Notre Dame, I was hoping for a bad beat on the other way just once. I'll get lucky because if that was actually going to be a fumble and Notre Dame took that to score, that would have been a bad beat on Cal betters and a good treat for me. I feel like I'm owed some, but it didn't happen. His knee was down before the ball came out. So uh, didn't get that one. Western Kentucky came through for us, but the way it went to overtime was an absolute abomination. And if you're a Western Kentucky fan, I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Kansas went perfectly. Kyle Hunter gave out that plus 280 on better odds sports betting. Was really happy about our Kansas bet. We ended up betting that. Uh, our Washington overhit easily against Michigan State. People don't understand yet that Kalen DeBoer plays faster. <laughs> Wonder when the market's going to catch up to that. Me and Kyle talked about it before the season started. And then our SMU didn't turn out in Maryland getting some home cooking. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone to tie it, which would have brought the score up to 68. And that would have been nice because it would have been 34 to 34, and I was sitting there with 69 and a half on the over. So in that situation, I felt pretty good until they absolutely blew it. And Maryland's D stepped up, but there was some stuff not called either. There's, it was just kind of another coin flippy weird situation. The pace was there in the SMU Maryland game. It just couldn't get to the over. So I ended up going 6-10, and 10, losing a lot of fluky stuff. And I don't even want to talk about Nebraska. I'm not talking about them right now. That was another one, but just can't, I just can't talk about Nebraska right now. I just can't. You suck! NFL. Went well, like I said, the only side in total I lost was the Steelers over. And I hit two props, lost one prop, and I lost two teasers. But it started out crazy because Baltimore jumped my Miami play. And I thought to myself, I don't think Tua can come back here. I don't think he's quite at that level yet. But I figured also he has a shot because Baltimore tends to falter at the end and he does have a lot of skill, and then Tua just completely blew my mind and came back that game in Baltimore. That is a massive, massive thing for me to be able to do that. I mean, that's really going up to the upper echelon when I see a quarterback be able to lead his team to do that. I I, I got to admit, I was very impressed by Miami, and he ended up cashing that bet and winning outright really hoping it wouldn't get a tie field goal. I wanted that touchdown to get over. You know, kind of same type of emotions happened with the side on the Cardinals. You know, 
Really hoping they were missing that two-point conversion so I could have just won the plus four and a half and went that to overtime. I thought I was potentially dead in the water, especially after they turned the ball over. But thank God the Raiders being the Ravers gave it right back to the Cardinals and ended up scoring that touchdown to win the game. Unreal. I mean, that game was absolutely crazy. I, the Cardinals looked terrible for three quarters in that game, and Kyler Murray himself won that game, running in for the touchdown and the two-point conversion. I think that touchdown had, uh, what God, was it like a 20 to 30 seconds it took for him to run in? He ran, like, according to next-gen stats, over 80 yards back and forth before he ran that thing in. I think it was like the ball was like by the five-yard line. Hiked from the five-yard line before he went in. Just an absolute crazy game. But that's why I bet the Cardinals, because I knew their backs were against the wall. Had to do something. And Kyler Murray is just a wild card, a complete wild card. I still think the roster is absolute garbage. But in general, when you got a guy like Kyler Murray, you're either completely out of the game or you're possibly getting right back in the game. You know, I would have thought that the Cardinals would have had a better chance to come back against the Ravens before Sunday than the Dolphins would have because of Kyler Murray. But he ended up cashing that ticket for us. We cashed on the Giants. Kind of regretted that play a little later in the week, but I kept to my guns. I'm like, you know, I played it because of the coach. And I even teased Carolina to be on the other side of it, to be on the safe side. Too bad I teased them with the... Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> because I was kind of playing protect on my Dallas side. If I didn't have any teasers, I would have went nine and two, <laughs> but you know, I wanted to play protect and I had low totals and I thought I had a really good shot at the middle. So that's another reason I did it. I wasn't in love with Dallas, but the market did move towards my direction down to seven, you know, and it's kind of like I thought, Nine and a half point adjustment for Dak Prescott, who also played terrible that first game. I thought it was a little too much. There's still skill on that Dallas team. And you know McCarthy's not good, but you're going against Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, to me, isn't a average coach. He is a below average coach. So I felt pretty good about that and uh, was happy to cash that. I, I'll tell you this, though. The teasers are not hitting for us yet this year. I think later in the year it will. I'm going to be a little bit more careful on our teasers, but I'm just happy to get out of that weekend going 9-4. and A couple plays more tonight, and so we'll see how we actually finish some line value on that Buffalo first half under, but we'll see. I'm considering a buyback, but I want to wait to see if it gets to a 23.5 flat. Minus 110, I mean. Sorry, not plus 100. It's at 24 plus 100. But that's how you do it. You know, take your good with the bad and see where it all ends up at the end. Going back to college, when a lot of road dogs are not covering, it's usually bad for me. And when there's a lot of misleading final scores because of it, then you know it's bad for me. And that's why we had a down week in college football. I, however, do want to give props to our Kansas win total hitting at plus money. 
going over two and a half, three games into the season. Woo! Kansas and Vanderbilt were the first teams to cash season win totals for the whole year. Just like our UTEP won last year, I felt very good about that. I'm not happy that game day is not going to be there for the Duke-Kansas game. I've been trying to text game day or tweet game day and Felica. Uh, wanted that to happen, but they're going to go to Tennessee instead, apparently. But imagine having game day in Kansas with undefeated Duke and undefeated Kansas. The Like the best basketball matchup you can think of. Um, with apologies, I guess, to Villanova and Gonzaga and maybe Michigan State. But... It was perfectly set up for game day, and they freaking blew it. They completely blew it. It's not about the SEC, guys. It's not about the top-ranked teams. It's about the tradition. It's about college football. It's about teams overachieving and being in situations that they haven't before. Probably because they went to Appalachian State the weekend before. They didn't want to go to another smaller program. But in my opinion, they completely missed the buck on this one. Hell, I would have been happy if they went to Oregon State against USC. As you know, we're high on that over six and a half Oregon State total that's off to one hell of a start. And they have a massive game against Lincoln Riley and the Trojans coming up this weekend. Ron talked about that. Ron A. Sports. He was tweeting back and forth with me about that a little bit. Another good one is uh, SMU against TCU, hosting TCU. And their old coach coming back to town. Sonny Dykes back against his old team. You know that old team's going to be extremely motivated here. That's going to be a wonderful game. There's a lot of great storylines coming up. But how about Tulane getting the outright upset against Kansas State last week? That was a pretty big storyline as well. But overall, the big teams took care of business. You know, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State blew out their competition. It's going to be an interesting game for Ohio State against Wisconsin. That wouldn't have been a horrible college game day, I guess. I mean, they've done it there a million times. I still would have picked Kansas uh, 20 times over than an undefeated Wisconsin going to Ohio State. But Wisconsin already blew it against Wazoo, completely taking that one out of consideration anyway. NFL upsets. How about the Jets? The Browns up by like two touchdowns or 13 points. And then the Jets get that guy that's, I forgot which receiver was, completely wide open. And then they get the onside kick. And then they score to win the game. Can you believe it? To win the game. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's right, Herm Edwards. Don't you get fired now. Too late. Next, I want to talk about that Dallas-Cincinnati game. That's amazing that Dallas took care of business. Everyone's down on Dallas, but that's exactly how to not bend the NFL is to follow the hype. You know, they won with a relaxed Cooper Rush. He's not that good. You see, they almost blew the game. Way more talent on that Cincinnati offense, especially now that you got Joe Burrow against the Cooper Rush. 
Dallas offensive line and receiver core is just beat up and trashed. Dalton Schultz got hurt, but still enough to win that game at the last second drive to get that field goal once Cincinnati tied it and got that two-point conversion. It was absolutely amazing. Killed a ton of survivors. (laughs) Survivors really got their ass kicked the first couple weeks of the NFL season here. But that was the other big story, in my opinion, about uh, the NFL. Obviously, all the talk about the Bears that should have got that touchdown here. Here's how it is. I bet the Packers minus 8.5. It closed at minus 10. Also had them in the contest. I really think that Justin Fields scored, and I think you can just see the fact that he was across the line. The ball, if you look extremely hard for it, you might be able to see it. Whether it's reviewable or not isn't really the point. It's the fact that if that was Brady or if it was Rodgers or a lot of other people, or if it wasn't in Green Bay, that would have been a touchdown. That's really the argument. And then everyone's talking about the whole taking a snap from the shotgun on fourth and inches. Yeah, you don't do that. But that doesn't distract the fact that I thought it was a touchdown. And you can see on the review that he was past the line with his arms. And I believe you can kind of see the ball there a little bit. But here's for me. I'm a Bears fan, and I bet the Packers, even if the Bears get that touchdown, it's a seven-point game, the Packers drive and make it 14 again anyway. I mean, I really believe that. I bet the Packers because of that and some of the things that happened in Lambeau. I think the biggest issue last week was the Saints, when they killed the drive from Tampa, call a fluke foul that wasn't even close to a roughness. And I tweeted this out, and you can look at my timeline of how horrible and how Tom Brady saving this call actually was. That's terrible. (laughs) You know? But that's how it is. When there's stars in the game, they get favored. And you have to overcome it. But once Jameis Winston was down by seven at the end of that game, I knew that there was a dang good chance that my Saints plus eight and a half teaser was gone because he was going to do something stupid, and he did, and throw it a pick. Now, trying to play and win the game, it's not as bad as a pick earlier in the game, in my opinion, but it did completely screw up some bets, and it was all started from the momentum game from that horrible call that you saw. That was the worst part of the weekend. Well, next to the Trey Lance injury. You know, that's that sucks for him. He hasn't played much football in the three years. Took a year off at, obviously, in college for COVID and probably to protect himself. Then he doesn't play a lot last year behind Garoppolo, and he gets the starting job and loses anyway. Well, whatever I said, I thought it was genius that the Niners were able to fix that relationship. Now they have a better quarterback quarterback in their team. Their depth certainly took a hit because Lance is out for the season, but I had to upgrade the Niners 1.25 points in my power ratings, which is a lot in the NFL, because Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback. <laughs> you know, And uh, it's going to show. Let's hope that Garoppolo stays healthy, because he sure took a lot of tackles, and <laughs> Kyle Shanahan had him run the ball a lot too last week. That makes me a little bit nervous for the, uh, for the 49ers right there. I would... Uh, Try to protect your investment a little bit better than what you've already showed, Kyle. But we'll see if they learn from that. And right now, let's get right into... 
the good, the bad, and the ugly. Starting out with the good. Appalachian State's last second Hail Mary touchdown to win that game was so improbable, yet so exciting. Game day was there. Troy was about ready for the upset. And App State absolutely gets that lucky pass. But by the way, that was like a a 55 to 65 yard pass. That thing was a bomb that Chase Bryce was able to put up. Just amazing. That was I mean, college football got so exciting just because of that. Absolutely crazy play. Props to Troy for trying to win that game, but that's got to be the most deflating thing. Another good is Penn State. We had that minus two and a half. When it went to three and a half, I didn't want to buy back just because I really thought Penn State was that much better. And it proved that Harson is a fraudulent coach. Franklin kept the pressure on, and they were able to run the ball down Auburn's throat. The San Jose State game told me that. Just watching them against San Jose State told me that they don't match up against Penn State. Penn State destroyed this team on the road, which is extremely hard to do, especially last weekend with all these misleading final scores. So congrats to them. And the last final good is the Lions offense. I cannot believe they're seventh in offensive EPA so far, even with that banged-up offensive line. They got the win against the uh, Washington Commanders with a banged-up offensive line. I even played Deron Payne to get a sack or even a half sack at plus 200 because the center and guard were hurt for the Lions. And that actually hit towards the end of the game. I think it was like third quarter, fourth. But I was still amazed on how the Lions were able to just get up that quickly. Campbell's got this team motivated. They are not the most talented bunch group. They don't seem to have their receivers yet, no Jamison Williams yet. But they're just trying really hard, and they're playing great games. And Aiden Hutchinson looked absolutely fantastic for the Lions last game. Fantastic. He de- don't, uh, dedicated the game to someone with leukemia, a kid with leukemia. That was just wonderful. That, that's just all good, baby. The good is definitely the Lions right now. The bad. Northwestern losing to Southern Illinois. <laughs> How bad is that? Losing to Southern Illinois. The other bad is the Cleveland Browns blowing that game against the Jets. I'd like to say it's good for the Jets, but it's just more bad for the Cleveland Browns. It's just the most Clevelandy thing you can do. Adam Burke sent out a tweet about how brutal it is to be a Cleveland fan. I feel pretty bad as a Bears fan, but I think uh, I think Adam's got me beat right there. As a or any of you Brown fans, man, I gotta get I gotta tip my hat off to you. No wonder we're all sports betters here. And then the ugly. It's not even Nebraska, and there's a reason why it's not Nebraska. Nebraska sucked. So freaking bad in a massive get-up spot with their coach fired to Oklahoma. That ugly is way too beautiful for what this team actually is. Ugly is a compliment to Nebraska right now. They're dying 
to be called ugly for how absolutely hideous this team is right now. I mean, there isn't even a word in the English language to describe how despicable the Nebraska Cornhuskers are. And with Northwestern losing to Southern Illinois after they beat Nebraska is even that much more pathetic. Nebraska is not even deserving of being the ugly. The true ugly I have for this weekend is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I bet the Jaguars this week because of, duh, I mean, the Colts never win there, and they were so injured. No Leonard playing. Pittman was out. That thing was just so obvious. And congrats to Will Hill, by the way, who nailed the plus 150, most likely dog, over three and a half points to win outright. It was just that bad that they couldn't even score a freaking point. They got shut out in Jacksonville. That is ugly for the team that was predicted to win the division by a good amount. They're laying juice to win that division. But the truth is, there's just a lot of ugly going on right now. Denver looked terrible. The Rams almost blew that game to Atlanta. <laughs> just, I mean, he threw a pick at the end, but that would have won the game for them. And it's just an ugly way to finish. The Rams had to take a safety to punt the ball away. And then that was that went out of bounds and gave him like a Hail Mary chance. It was just that was just an ugly finish to that game. But man, there's gonna be a lot of ugly going on here until these teams kind of figure it out. And maybe it is the whole preseason thing where uh players aren't playing because they're afraid to get injured. I don't disagree with that so much, but I also think that uh it sure makes the first couple of games uh one hell of a lot of variance. You see, in this world there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. Let's move on to some college football week three misleading final scores. If there's a ton of misleading scores, I probably lost. There's a ton of them. Louisville outgained Florida State 495 to 455, yet lost 31 to 35. A 3 to 2 turnover ratio hurt them. Purdue outgained Syracuse 485 to 306, yet lost 32 to 29, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio and 13 penalties for 138 yards killed them western kentucky outgained indiana 545 to 434 yet lost 33 to 30 in overtime a two to one turnover ratio (laughs) really killed western kentucky and some very questionable stuff happened at the end there virginia outgained Old Dominion 513 to 235, yet won 16 to 14. <laughs> a three to one turnover ratio hurt them, but they should have won by a hell of a lot more with that discrepancy. Temple outgained Rutgers 264 to 191, yet lost 16 to 14, a one to zero turnover ratio, and horrible third down efficiency got them. Temple outgained Rutgers 264 to 191, yet lost 16 to 14 
One to zero turnover ratio, horrible third down efficiency got them. Georgia Southern outgained UAB 417 to 413, yet lost 35 to 21 based on a three to zero turnover ratio. Some of those yards were garbage yards. And uh, not beating Nebraska by enough points uh, last week also did them in, let's just face it. Houston outgained Kansas 446 to 438, yet lost 48 to 30. A two to zero turnover ratio hurt them as well as 10 penalties. Go Kansas! Liberty outgained Wake Forest 437 to 346, yet lost 37 to 36. A 4 to 2 turnover ratio and bad third down efficiency hurt them. Marshall outgained Bowling Green 547 to 377, yet lost in overtime 34 to 31. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio hurt them. SMU outgained Maryland 518 to 439, yet lost 34 to 27. A 3-2 to two turnover ratio and bad red zone got them bad. South Florida outgained Florida 402-329. to Get lost 31-28. to A 3-2 to two turnover ratio and nine penalties hurt them. That's another ugly. Florida at home in the swamp against South Florida. Jeez. Texas Tech outgained NC State 353 to 270 yet lost 27 to 14 a 4 to 1 turnover ratio smoked them bad quarterback play too plain and simple that was one of the losses we were on i mean with this 4 to 1 turnover ratio NC State probably should have won by a lot more than 13 points but with no turnovers Texas Tech probably is in in this game maybe even winning it plain and simple Texas only outgained UTSA 459 to 408 yet one uh, 41 to 20 a 1 to 0 turnover ratio and bad fourth down efficiency got UTSA also 10 points in the fourth score uh, fourth quarter scored by Texas really got them to cover there because it was a I think it was a 13 14 point spread and they were only up 31 to 20 in the fourth UTEP got outgained by New Mexico 350 to 298 it lost 27 to 10 a 7 to 2 turnover ratio destroyed UTEP they ain't the same team they were last year Miami outgained Texas A&M 392 to 264 yet lost 17 to 9 bad special teams missing that field goal and bad red zone efficiency killed the Canes just A&M's defense in a night game at home too, but I mean, Jesus, you got to hit that field goal. Um, I'm a I'm a happier person if you hit that field goal. You know, a couple other weird ones was uh, Jake Hayner getting hurt. You know, for Fresno State, I, I had a middle setup for that game, but the bigger side unfortunately lost when he went out. I believe in the second quarter, making it pretty much no shot of covering against USC. So it was a tough weekend for that, but let's get into some college football week four betting spots. And this is fun because we're starting to get a little bit more into the season. First, I want to talk about some key injuries. Jordan Travis for Florida State's on crutches, so he's week to week at best. Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner was carted off, just like I said in the USC game. Minnesota wide receiver Chris Altman-Bell is out for the season with a lower leg. It's probably ACL or something. But it's too bad for Minnesota. That was their best receiver. I still think they're a very powerful team. And I also think P.J. Fleck is the least talked about coach right now. It's kind of funny. He's just kind of sneaking in the cut here. But they also haven't played anybody. And that's why they're like top three in EPA right now. They they played three tomato cans. Syracuse wide receiver Isaiah Jones is out for the season. And Northern Illinois quarterback Rocky Lombardi might miss some time. He missed some of last game due to an injury. Letdown spots, Tulane hosting Southern Miss. 
after winning at Kansas State is one. Kansas hosting Duke after beating Houston's possible, but man, they've been in a letdown spot all year. Bowling Green at Mississippi State after beating Marshall could be a snoozer. Char- uh, Charlotte could sleep at South Carolina after beating Georgia State. And um, I don't know how Troy gets up for Marshall after that loss last week. It is just, that's just got to be so brutal for Troy. Here's some get-up spots. Mississippi State will want to beat the hell down of Bo- to Bowling Green. So it's kind of like a Bowling Green and a letdown Mississippi State after a loss. Um, they lost that game to LSU because of Jaden Daniels running all over them. South Carolina will want to beat down Charlotte after losing to Georgia. Um, you know that's going to happen. Same situation with Charlotte winning last week. ASU fired Coach Herm Edwards. That gives them a bump, but hopefully it doesn't turn out like Nebraska and they have to play Utah, so that's never fun. At least it's at home. Utah's just not that good of a road team. Let's go to look at spots. Illinois could be looking past Chattanooga to Wisconsin. <laughs> that's that's a possible one, although who's going to bet Chattanooga? Well, actually, they might not be that bad. Check your Sagarin ratings for these FCS teams. Uh, Missouri looking past Auburn to Georgia is very possible. NC State looking past UConn to Clemson is one. Kentucky looking past Northern Illinois to Old Miss is possible. Utah State looking past UNLV to BYU is on. Rutgers looking past Iowa to Ohio State is very possible. And NC State looking past UConn to Clemson is live for your look at spots. Those are the ones that I found. If I find some later, I add it to this article, and then you guys get this article around uh, Wednesday-ish. So I think these are important when it comes to your college football handicapping, as well as NFL. NFL, not quite as much, but I will go over NFL Week 2 misleading final scores. The Chargers outgained the Chiefs 401-319, yet lost 27-24. A 1-0 turnover ratio, which was a long pick six, really killed the Bolts. Uh, the Saints outgained the Buccaneers 308 to 260, yet lost 20 to 10, a 5 to 1 Jameis Winston turnover special, and the obviously bad calls in that game we talked about. The Patriots outgained the Steelers 376 to 243, yet only won 17 to 14. They won the turnover battle, but bad red zone efficiency kind of hurt the Patriots. That was a bad Mitch game. You know, it's Mitch, you're not quite selling me that you're going to be the comeback player of the year that we tried to bet on earlier. So hopefully you step up against the Browns coming up this week. But apparently there's some steam on the Browns right now. NFL week three betting spots. Tread carefully here. The NFL is not nearly as susceptible to letdowns, look aheads as college. But I will say that letdown spots could be the Jets versus the Bengals after that huge last-minute round uh, win versus the Browns, and the Jaguars could let down some versus the Chargers after shutting down the Colts. Uh, Get-up spots, Carolina hosting the Saints, Matt Rule in danger of losing his job, and the Bengals better do something versus the Jets is certainly a get-up spot. That leads us to our Monday mailbag, and we have a question from Drew Thrasher. He wants to know about Rule. Over under Matt Rule fired by Thanksgiving. I'm going to go over. He gets fired minus 200. (laughs) 
We're going to go with the no at plus 170. So uh, there you go. I Great question, Drew. I think that uh, he is the next guy to go. And he was really on thin ice before this all, you know. We kind of saw that when the the quarterback wasn't drafted that we were just going to let Matt Rules play out his last year here, and that might end even quicker. Now that he's got Baker Mayfield, they do expect more there. Word on the street is that they were doing better in practice, and that's why a sharp side was the Carolina Panthers against the Giants last week. It's one that... Made me a little nervous about the Giants bet, but like I said, I inherently didn't based upon the coach. I do think that Dayball is kind of showing me something. Probably a little bit lucky, too. Um, These were very evenly matched teams, I thought. Uh, Maybe even Carolina's got a little bit more talent, but that doesn't mean that they are not on the chopping block coming into the week. Now let's get into our free play for... We're going to do NFL this time, week three. We're going Niners. I took this at plus two this morning, gave it out to members, and it's down to minus one now. I think the Niners are favored at minus one, and I do believe that Corton Sutton might play for the Giants this week, which is great news for Denver. They also might get their cornerback back, but here's the thing. I had to upgrade San Fran in my power ratings. This is a night game in Denver. Anything can happen with a Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson is not running the ball with his legs much. And San Fran's defense is dang good. They are a Super Bowl contender right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Nathaniel Hackett looks absolutely freaking terrible as a head coach right now. I think this could be a blowout in Denver with the Niners here still probably pissed off about that Bears loss. You saw when Garoppolo came in, he was smiling. They were ready to go. Team had complete and utter confidence, and they might get George Kittle back this week as well. I have the Niners winning this game outright, and I think they're going to do so for 2.5 stars. All right, my friends, now it's time for a little fantasy football with our guy, D Nasty. Now it's time for a little fantasy football. We got our guy D Nasty back. Dave, how the heck you doing, my man? Just got done coaching, huh? Yeah, just got done coaching softball, but I'm back from the Packer game on Sunday night football, baby. Great game. Uh, Packers <laughs> destroyed the Bears. Wait a minute, what? Uh, they, play, they played each other? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, you must have missed that game. Oh, huh? I, oh, I, yeah, I forgot about it. I didn't even think about it today. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, it was an interesting game. It was kind of boring, but not nearly as boring as this. Uh, well, I suppose if you're a Bills fan and you're there, you're freaking parting your ass off because it's like 41 to seven right now. But it's not a game. Oh yeah. In in uh, and that's why I put the Bills background here. I love the Bills. Uh, they're they're my adopted team this year, and uh, I, I, they're just partying. It just looks so fun right now in Buffalo. And uh, they're they're good. They're just so good right now. But they are getting injured a little bit. Their secondary is a little bit banged up. They're uh, one of their guys named Dane. I forgot his last name. Um, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He really hurt his neck. I hope he's okay. But uh, you know, it looks like he's moving according to the Schefter tweet here. Um, and so that's good news. Dane Jackson, yeah, cornerback. So hopefully he's not going to be out too long because they still have White still not playing and stuff like that. And just obviously for more important reasons. But, yeah, not, not a great game in uh, Philly either because 
they're beating the Vikings pretty handily, like twenty-four to I seven. Like that, too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, it doesn't really bode too well for the fact that the Packers lost to them. Yeah, I know. You know what's so funny? These there's so many divisions that are bad. I mean, the Jaguars are in first place in the AFC South. The NFC East looks really bad with the Cowboys beat up right now. Maybe the maybe with maybe the Eagles are Giants two and Giants two and zero two and zero, but. Who would they play? The Carolina, Carolina. yeah, you know, and Tennessee. Surprises. It'll level out as the season goes on. The AFC North is looking pretty bad with Cincinnati zero two. They've never even had a lead this whole time. This whole they never had a lead. Pittsburgh looks, you know, bad losing the Patriots like that, and yeah, the Ravens I guess are the best team, but they just got uh, caught caught up on uh, old Tua. My my dynasty guy finally came through. I. Finally got the best quarterback of that draft. Sorry, Herbert. It's Tua. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, Burrow wasn't drafted that year, was he? I'm trying to think. I don't think he was. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, it was between those two. I thought there was one other one in front of him. Was it Trevor Lawrence? I think Trevor Lawrence was that Maybe year. Maybe yeah. it was Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Well, either way, um, pretty happy with uh, that and we'll talk about that here. Getting into fantasy football week three, we have key injuries, Dave. Uh, I'll get started with key injuries. I have Justin Herbert, torn cartilage in his ribs. You know, he, he could play. He's going to have 10 days rest. I put week to week. I've had bruised ribs before, and it was freaking painful. Every time you take a little bit more than an average breath, you're hurting. I'm serious. It's It's really painful. And uh, I could see him missing next game against the Jaguars. So that's interesting. Obviously, Trey Lance tearing his Achilles. Everyone saw that. That's really bad. And uh, he had surgery. Everything's looking good. But the kid's out again. Um, He didn't play last year. He didn't play his last year in college. You know, he's out this year. Pretty brutal for him. Running back James Conner sprained his ankle. But I call him day-to-day from the reports, Dave. I don't know if you had anything more concrete on that. No, that's all I'm hearing right now, too, is as well as day-to-day. Okay. Okay. Jerry Jetty hurt his shoulder, and some say his ribs. I've heard both, really, and I'm going to put day-to-day for him, too. It doesn't look too bad. I think he plays next week, but we'll see. Uh, Tight end Tyler Croft hurt his knee for the 49ers, but Kittle might be back next week, so that'd be good news for him, for the Niners and Jimmy G. Uh, Tight end Tyler, uh, or sorry, wide receiver Mike Evans suspended one game. That's pretty brutal. Uh, Yeah, for the way that Cowboys are losing receivers now. Yeah he's going to appeal so i wonder if he plays this week against the packers Ooh, i hope yeah, so. I, I hope so i hope he's out <laughs> I, hope, I hope he plays my uh chris godwin might still be out julio jones might still be out you know it was a little surprising julio missed i didn't know he was that banged up so did i cover everything or do you have some more uh dalton schultz uh game-winning drive he sat with a right knee injury uh jacoby Brissett said post game he's dealing with an ankle injury uh that's really it. And the Trey Lance one is the major one. Uh, other than that, yeah, there's nothing really else out there. Just a couple defensive people that Marshawn Lattimore, he might get he's gonna be suspended as well. He's one he's an IDP guy, he might be starting out there. Uh, and then Dre Greenlaw just agreed on a two year extension. So uh, he's gonna be locked up for the 49ers for the foreseeable future. And then Devin Dumbery was placed on a concussion protocol after he left the game. He's he might be someone that some people might be starting. Uh, Duvernay? The, yep. Okay. He's in concussion protocol right now. But other than that, yeah, you hit all the key ones, so definitely. Okay, cool. Why don't you start with the waiver wire? All right, great. Well, the waiver wire this week, 
number one on the list is definitely going to be Jimmy G. Uh, that was a good move by the 49ers to keep him. Uh, he's definitely going to be at the top of everyone's list, uh, especially he might even be on some waivers. He's only 4% owned right now in a lot of leagues. Uh, so definitely scoop him up. Uh, Justin Fields, I uh, didn't look very good against the Packers this past week. My boy Jair, you know, that pick at the end was very nice. He had an awesome play on that. Uh, but uh, I think Fields has some nice matchups. Uh, he could definitely be a streamer next week against the Houston Texans. If uh, He's only a little bit over 50% owned. Uh, but most of the – Geno Smith, only 6%. He's playing Atlanta next week. Uh, he struggled a little bit this week, but it is Atlanta that he's playing next week. So definitely a good matchup for him. Uh, Raheem Moster, your boy, uh, he's coming back from a couple of years ago. He's coming back for you. He have 43% owned, but uh, he looked like he was the main guy this past week for the Dolphins. Uh, he had 11 carries and he had three targets in week two. Uh, he had 79 total yards, so uh, he might be taking over that lead back position. Don't possibly. don't worry, he'll get hurt next week, right, Dave? <laughs> he probably will. <laughs> Never been very high on him. Uh, but the guy you definitely want to grab is Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin. Uh, Daryl Williams looked good uh, filling in for James Conner when he went out. James Conner does have a history of injuries in the past. Uh, they both, uh, Williams and Benjamin, both log snap rates at 46% and 43% respectively. So uh, they're definitely carry, sharing those carries. Uh, they saw eight carries apiece. Williams did do a lot more with his attempts still rushing for 59 yards compared to Benjamin's 31. So it's really hard to say who's going to be the lead guy there if Conner is out, but uh, I think I'm definitely leaning toward Daryl Williams, I think, in that backfield there. Uh, so definitely grab him if possible. Jerick McKinnon, he's actually been getting a lot of carries, actually, for the Chiefs. Only 6% owned right now. Uh, he's a sneaky guy to pick up if no one has him. Uh, he's been getting, He got a touchdown this past week as well, and he's gotten six touches uh, compared to CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's 12. So, Dave, can I ask uh, you something about the Chiefs? And I was something I was thinking about today. I feel like it's wide receiver hell. In that place right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Nicole Hardman had most of them last week. Juju Smith-Schuster scored two fantasy points. And yeah. you just so, don't man. know where he's going to spread it out to. I think the only consistency is Kelsey right now. Yeah, that's the only guy you can depend on that. And uh, that would be receivers corp right now. Uh, but, yeah, like, like I said, McKinnon, I like that. He's now played 39% and 49% of the snaps. So he's almost played 50% of the snaps the last couple weeks. And he, he got uh, three red zone touches as well. So... Uh, definitely a guy you want to keep an eye on. Definitely a waiver wire possible pickup. Garrett Wilson had himself a game this week. Uh, definitely a guy you want to take a look at. He had 102 yards and two tutties. So uh, definitely pick him up if he's still out there. Only 22% owned in a lot of leagues. Uh, Jahan Dotson we went over last week. Definitely his, he scored again this week, though. Just keep him on your radar if he is, he is, he is still out there. Uh, and then Gerald Everett we talked about last week, so I'm not going over that. But what do you, what do you got, Kiev? A lot of the same, really. Uh, definitely Garrett Wilson, man. 154 yards, two TDs. Logan Thomas, if he's on, he's on some leagues uh, benches for sure. Or sorry, on waivers even. Like he's not owning a lot, and he had a good game. Russell Gage, uh, versus. Oh, sorry, that's the next level. Uh, Russell Gage might have to be picked up though if he's not owned. You know, so just because of all those Tampa injuries, you know. I have Flacco, and I think you mentioned him. Jacoby Brissett's looking okay. He's like looking kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater did a little bit last year, a little, you know, almost like that guy that's, you know, pretty safe, uh, low ceiling, a uh, little bit of high of a floor, I would say, you know, so, you know, good for 12 points, maybe a week or something like that. 
So pretty much same. Yeah, I think you nailed them all, my man. Um, and I added Raheem Roster. And I was trying to figure out Daryl Williams or Eno Benjamin. Who do you cuff uh, Connor with? But I think both of them are going to split, like you said. So Yeah, I think I lean probably Daryl Williams, but it's really hard to say, though. But, uh, but yeah, uh, either you probably can't go on with either one right now. Let's go to players trending up for week three, non-starters. So... Adam Thielen's not really a starter, but I like his matchup against the Lions next week. He's not doing anything tonight, um, but I figure that uh, they should be blanketing Jefferson, so I kind of like him next week. Allen Robinson versus the horrible Cardinals deal, D. He's caught a touchdown last week, which was great, and oh, would have had two of them if it wasn't for a penalty. So thought that was a, a he could be a sneaky start this week. Uh, Cam Akers, I think he's getting some love now. He was played a lot more last week under Sean McVay, and so I'm I'm just. I think he's just getting healthy too. I think he's just a little bit banged up too. So I think he's starting to finally get healthy too, which helps. Exactly. So I expect more out of him. Uh, he's the, he's a little speedier one, I believe too. Um, and I have really, uh, I already said Russell Gage versus the Packers, just because you don't know which receivers are gonna start for Tampa and if you know if if Julio's still out if Evans sits that suspension if Godwin's still out he's got to throw the ball somewhere so I kind of like a couple guys I like Scotty Miller as well you know he might uh get that massive touchdown list like before Dave in that playoff game (laughs) screw it up for the Packers in Lambeau baby Scotty Miller could be a big pickup this week uh Robert Woods against the Raiders D. I kind of like him. The Titans, you know, are going to try to do something big after an embarrassing showing last week or tonight, really. Cameron Bright, he's another guy. Maybe Brady trusts Bright over, you know, the second round receivers, the second string receivers, I should say. So I like him. Running back Damian Pierce versus Chicago's bad run D is trending up. Chicago was bleeding yards the last two games uh, against San Fran and against Green Bay. So I think Damian Pierce could have a good game against the Bears. Uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, Justin Fields. I think you know he's getting a lot of crap for only competing, completing like uh, 15, 14 or so passes the last two games to buy. Now one was a rainstorm, torrential downpour. But, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff with his legs, so he's he could be real safe against the bad Texans team. Uh, he only got 11, 11 pass attempts this past week. I was checking the box score after the game. Only seven for 11. They only let him pass 11 times. Which is, which is really weird when you're down. You know, you figure yeah. you're going to have at least 20. I think something's got to change there. Yeah. So, I mean, this if, if you're ever going to start fields, you got to start him at home against the Texans. I mean, otherwise you're never starting him anyway. Running back J.D. McKissick versus the Eagles. We'll get some points. The Eagles' run D hasn't been great, but um, if they go up by a lot, it's good for them because the offense gets one-dimensional. So I'll just mention that. That's my non-starters trending up, Dave. Who do you have? All right. I got a couple here that I like. Uh, I like the Justin Fields one. I definitely like that one. Uh, Damian Pierce, too. I like that that one. I think he's up-and-coming rookie. I do like that one. for the Colts, for actually for the Chiefs, I like Jarek McKinnon, who we just talked about. I like him uh, against the Colts. Uh, I know the Colts have a pretty good defense, but they haven't looked good the past couple weeks. So uh, their defense hasn't looked really good either. So I'm, I like Jarek McKinnon as a guy you normally won't start, uh, but I definitely would look at plugging him in possibly. Uh, it's just like the matchup for him. Uh, Chargers, Jordan Palmer. 
uh, with Keen Allen still out. He had a nice game, and they were going to him quite a bit. Uh, even if Justin is, is out this week, uh, I still like him because he's still going to be a starter this week. Austin Dolan for the Indianapolis Colts. He could be the starter again this week if Michael Pittman is out. We didn't talk about him on the waiver wire pickups, but uh, he's a sneaky guy and Paris Campbell too. So those two guys, they were, they were the starters this week with pa- Michael Pittman. Pa- Paris got nothing last week. Zero goose egg, my man. Yeah. But they're playing the Chiefs, though. The Chiefs... They've been on and off for defense, and their secondary is, is decent, but uh, I definitely think uh, Colts are going to have to bounce back sooner or later. They can't keep playing like they are right now. So those are two guys that will be starters, and then they will get some looks and targets for sure. So uh, those guys are definitely trending up because they're going to be starting. Uh, Dolan actually had a decent game. Like you said, Campbell didn't really uh, impress me this week, but uh, those are guys you guys can kind of get on your radar, though. And like Jordan Palmer with the Chargers, uh, he looked pretty good this past week. He was definitely a go-to guy. Uh Dorch for the Cardinals. Uh, people haven't really been sleeping on him, but he's had two good weeks, uh, week one and week two. He's been getting a lot of targets, and he's been putting up some numbers too. So uh, he's a guy you don't want to sleep on either. A lot of guys probably aren't starting right now, but definitely uh, Greg Dorch for the Cardinals. Uh, if he's on the waiver wires, we talked about him last week, but he's still out there. Definitely grab him. Uh, he scored again this week, so uh, they, they let, they're going to him, and that's one of the receivers now with, with Moore out and Hopkins out. Uh, that's one of their, the receivers they've been going to. Can we call him Dor- uh, I'm, 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 Dorch the Torch? Exactly. <laughs> so the Buccaneers do have a good uh, run defense, but Alan Lazard was back this week. He's still a little bit banged up, but I like him as a guy trending up, possibly get the Buccaneers. Uh, they don't have that good of a pass defense, so I like Lazard uh, to maybe surprise this week. And I'm going Jimmy G. Uh, I, like, I like his matchups this week. I think Jimmy G has a good game. And Sterling Shepard, uh, He's been looking good the past couple of weeks. The Dallas Cowboys played better on defense this past week, but uh, there's the secondary is still a little suspect for them. Yeah, I can see Jimmy G being a starter this rest of this year. Yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. Yeah, good stuff, Dave. I agree with all that. What about the bus? All right, uh, a couple of the bus. I, I, I do not like this. And week. Cousins just threw an interception. By the way, typical Cousins Monday Night yes. Football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is definitely on my. Do not start the week this week. He's one of my busts. Uh, he had five turnovers in just the fourth quarter to blow, blow that game for the Saints. Uh, he's definitely on my bust list this week. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's on uh, my bust list this week. Browns actually have a decent defense. Uh, they're a little underrated, I think. Mitch Trubisky's on my bust list this week. Uh, Colts, Matt Ryan, he's killing me, man. I got him in two of my dynasty leagues. I didn't. I started. I traded traded for two and benched two in favor of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is going to be my bust list this week against the Chiefs. I, uh, I'm not starting him again this week. I uh, definitely don't like that matchup. Uh, Jared Goff against the Vikings. Vikings are looking good tonight, but I don't like Goff against the Vikings. I think the Vikings rebound and play better next week. Uh, a couple other ones here that I, I do not like. Uh I don't, do not like Aaron Jones. I'm definitely downgrading him against that tough Buccaneers run defense. I think uh, he's still got to start him, but I don't think you can expect like what he did this week. Uh, maybe 40, 50 yards, maybe a lucky touchdown, a receiving a rushing touchdown possibly, but he's not going to have the value like he has previously. Same with Christian McCaffrey. Panthers have been struggling on offense, and they're playing the, one of the tougher run Ds in the Saints, so I'm uh, definitely downgrading him. You probably still want to start him, of course, because he's number he's a top three running fantasy running back. But I would uh, think I would, so, Dave. You remember how I had him busting all year? He has not done. Wait, does he even have a touchdown yet? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm busting him this week, definitely against the Saints D. So I'm agreeing with you on that one, Kia. Man, I don't, I don't like him this week. So uh, definitely a bust this week. 
me. Uh, one I forgot to mention that I do like this week on, on uh, trending up was Drake London for the Falcons. They're playing the Seahawks, who haven't been playing that good, with Jamal Adams out too. Uh, I like Drake London actually for them. Ooh, that's a uh, good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that so makes sense. and then trending down, uh, it's going to be Jeff Wilson. I don't like him against the Broncos. I think the Broncos have a pretty tough run defense too, so I'm downgrading him. Uh, and then Daniel Jones. Uh, I think Cowboys actually they're playing. At New York, though, but I don't like Daniel Jones against the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys still have a very good defense. Right. You know, it's funny. It's like if people play DFS. This is all stuff that really matters because we're just finding out little matchup thing, uh, queries here that, you know, people could have a great game. You know, I, I always look for bad run Ds against some of these guys that you're not starting anyway, and you get them cheap on the uh, – on the DFS, you know, less salary right, for these yeah. guys. So I think it's really important to look at them. No, I, I agree with that. I have Chase Edmonds versus Buffalo's D, and that's a bust right there for sure. And Melvin Gordon versus San Francisco's D, I don't like him. Probably got to start Devontae Williams, but I don't think I'm starting Melvin Gordon unless I'm super desperate. Um, I added Aaron Jones and McCaffrey. Russell Wilson's even a little suspect here against San Fran's D. He, that that Nathaniel Hackett's looking bad right now in Denver. And yeah, he's not getting it done there. Oh, it's bad. He's got the weapons too, man. He's, he's going to be on the hot seat before the end of the year too long. He keeps this up. That's true. Jameis Winston's a little suspect. Um, Carolina's D is actually pretty good at home. I can see just an ugly game here. I don't know, man. What do you think of Mark Ingram? We forgot to mention him in our pickups too with Camara. Mark Ingram and got a lot of Is he going to be out? Is 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 he going to be out again though, Camara? That's the thing. He's got he's got like a similar injury, I think, with the ribs too. Or I yeah. think is what his injury was. So uh, he could be back this week. But if not, keep an eye on Mark Ingram this week. So we forgot to mention him as well. Yeah, we, we probably should have put him in the. Uh, we, he was kind of surprising to me that he wasn't going to play. I didn't know that last Monday. You yeah, know? that was a late. That was a late scratch, actually. Yeah. So I'll add that. Um, no, I agree with all that. Let's move on to our nasty sleeper. Of the week, Dave. Who do you got that's going to win our fantasy football league for us? I'm going Drake London. Uh, I mentioned him as one of the guys I have trending up. I'm going Drake London. He had 87 yards, over 87 yards and a touchdown this past week. He's the main guy for the Falcons. Uh, Falcons could get their first win this week, and I think he's going to be a key contributor to that first win. Nice, nice, nice. I'm going to go with Robert Woods, and he's going to take the Raiders to the woodshed this week. And take care of business. I'm not sure what he's doing tonight versus the Bills. Losing 41 to 7, that can't be that good. Um, yeah, he, five targets, four receptions, 39 yards. Not great, but that's Buffalo. Now he's going to be playing against the Raiders. Much better matchup. I like Robert Woods. I agree. No, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's my sleeper. And uh, good luck, everyone, on your fantasy. Anything else, Dave? No, I think that's it. Good luck, everyone, uh, in your fantasy leagues. And make sure uh, a couple weeks here, we'll start, have to buy start coming up. But make sure you get out there and wear that waiver wire. My friends, if you have any other questions or fantasy football, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Have a great rest of your week. And go get some winners.